What's up, everyone? It's the BCR Podcast coming to you on an overreaction Tuesday. Um, today, we're going to go over our reactions throughout this week. But to start it off, we're going to um, start off with some news about some injuries and uh, season, ender, season enders for some or one particular player and a return for one quarterback who we all thought was down the dumps and probably won't ever play again. So, Riley, we'll kick off the news with you. Trey Lance has been injured, and it looks like it may be season-ending, possibly not. I think they expect him to come back for the playoffs. So Jimmy G is back and ready to rock. Next, we got Mike Evans' situation with uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Goes back a bit. He has been suspended for a game, and he's expected to appeal it. Some more Bucks news. The Bucks, the Buccaneers have signed Cole Beasley to possibly fill the gap slightly for Mike Evans being gone. That is all I have for today. Would you rather have Cole Beasley or Scotty Miller in that in that slot role? Cole Beasley. Yeah, I'd take Cole Beasley. <clears throat> really? I like Scotty Miller, Miller, though. I don't yeah. think Cole's that fast, though. Yeah, Scotty Miller's really fast, but then Cole Beasley's, like, <clears throat> insane route runner. Okay. So, that's I don't know. I, 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 I kind of look at them as almost the same player, so. But we all have our own perspectives on different players, so. I guess as a slot receiver, you probably need to have a little <clears throat> more speed, but right, yeah, he's short, so he can't really help where he plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, they're both like five foot nine, aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah. both pretty short. All right, so which game do you guys want to get into first? <clears throat> Let's uh. This is kind of tormenting for all of us. I mean, you guys are more Vikings fans than I am, but. I like the Vikings. Um, we're going to start off with last night's game in Philadelphia. That was, wow. I mean, it wasn't a very high-scoring game, but still it kind of showed, like, the Vikings are back where they were last year and the year before that. I don't think In the, the year score, before that. I don't think the scoreboard reflected how bad that game was. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Philadelphia's Philadelphia's – Behind um, Kansas City, in a way, one of the most toughest places, especially in a primetime setting to play football in. So, I get you're probably right. But, um, I mean, what, Kirk had three picks? Yeah, they were all in the red zone, weren't they? <clears throat> yeah, they were yeah. all pretty bad decisions. Well, the one, the one he went to go throw to Jefferson, <clears throat> and Jefferson didn't under undercut Darius Slay. But man, when it when the lights come on, you gotta perform. I mean, seriously, Kirk Cousins. Speaking directly to Kirk here, okay, Kirk, I love you, man. But don't don't just go and chuck the ball wherever you feel like it. <clears throat> You got to find a happy medium in between doing a bunch of checkdowns and just throwing <clears> the ball straight <throat> the back. Um, overall, I'm asking you guys this question: Do you think the offense performed besides the turnovers? 
as well as it should have? Or no. do you think – no? you think there's some uh, – what, what do you think dealt with that? Like bad play calling or like what do you think the problem was? So speaking for myself, I don't <clears throat> think the issue is necessarily the play calling. Um, one of the big things was, you know, Irv Smith had dropped a wide open pass. The Vikings had several drops throughout the game and they couldn't ever get the run game going. So I think it was just a problem of execution. Um, that's pretty much where I stand. on. I don't think that the, the players executed the game plan the way that it was laid out on offense. I think that'll probably be the worst game they have this season. Everybody just looked off. I think it's only uphill from here. I agree. Um, they're home. They're home uh, this weekend against Detroit. I think they're going to come back and put the pounding on them at home in Minnesota at U.S. Bank Stadium. So, um, looking forward to that game. Moving on, we're going to go to oh, – did the Broncos play in Houston this weekend? They played at home. Okay. So, okay. So, how do you think Russell Wilson performed? Do you think he underperformed? Do you think he just is still taking time to develop with the new team? Or what do you think is going on? Because, personally, I don't think he played that well. I think he played pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, if you look at his completion percentage, <clears throat> I believe it was 45%. I mean, you're playing the Houston Texans team coming into the season that, you know, he completed four, 45% of his passes. Team coming into the season, I believe that they were going to win two games. They, you know, they played the Broncos pretty close in Denver. Really concerning considering that Denver, they traded for Russell Wilson because they said, this is it, man. We just need Russell Wilson, mm -hmm. and we'll be ready to go to the playoffs and then maybe make a run at the Super Bowl. So that's that's really concerning if you're a Broncos fan. Just Russell Wilson is – if you know the whole thing of let Russ cook in Seattle? Ooh. How about this? Russ is cooked in Denver. I like it. <laughs> that's the way I, I see it. I mean, um, it's uh, it kind of makes sense – as a re reversal term, I guess, since he uh, is playing for a different team. But how do you think the defense played? I mean, I know it's just the Texans, but I... – well, I mean, they allowed nine points, so, I mean, they held their ground. Mm -hmm. they, you know, Davis Mills didn't play very well. Uh, I'm kind of a Davis Mills, Mills believer. I think mm -hmm. that he can be something. Right. He just is kind of hit or miss. But, yeah, I mean, Denver did their job in terms of defensively. Their offense was just uh, the struggle bus of the day. Indeed. I'd say, I mean, if you go back a couple episodes, I said, I think this is a winnable game for the Texans, and they did come pretty dang close. A lot of them are winnable games for them. I mean, they play the Broncos, and – I think you guys disagreed with me so but yeah i mean <clears throat> you know, the broncos just look awful and the boos were insane from that stadium as they should be i mean yeah you bring in nathaniel hackett he's supposed to be his offensive guru and then he's russell wilson he's supposed definitely to be the not savior. a block management guy yeah i mean 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think We've seen if, to that. I think if Bronco fans could, they'd fire Nathaniel Hackett right now. I mean, who would you want over him? I don't even know. Did you go to Kansas City and take the OC from there? The guy sitting there with the bad interviews? They got to do something <laughs> different. I heard I heard some rumors the other day. I can't remember where I heard them. But, or not really rumors, but just speculation that there's a guy who's in an analyst position right now. I believe he used to be the coach of the New Orleans Saints and he won a Super Bowl. Hmm. John Payton. Yeah. Potentially coming back to the NFL. Everybody says Dallas, 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 but what if Sean Payton wants to come back and coach the Broncos? Mm-hmm. I feel like that'd be a much better pairing for Russ. I do. I agree. <clears throat> Riley, got anything on that? Um, I'm trying to figure out what's the quickest. Uh, oh, I see. The quickest that a head coach has ever been fired in the NFL. Shortest head coaching career. Yeah. It says Bill Belichick nine or twenty four hours in New York Jets. Didn't he resign yeah. though? Probably. George Allen, Los Angeles Rams, two preseason games. Wow. And he got fired? Yeah. <laughs> That's not very nice. <clears throat> wow. Is this the preseason? Pretty sure too? I know what the the shortest tenure is for an executive. Fran Foley with the Vikings got hired, did the drafting process, and I got fired like right after the draft. Nice. <laughs> All right. Only in Minnesota. <clears throat> All right. Shall we move on to the next game I want to talk about? I don't know what it is. Let's do it. We're going to go to uh, Miami and Baltimore. Oh, my gosh. Ease of – ease. well, let's just put it this way. I think it's easy to say that was the game of the year. For, for right now. For right now. I think that was the game of the year. What an amazing comeback by Miami. I mean, everyone doubts Tua puts up six touchdowns. Don't mind the interceptions. But, um, yeah, you put Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill to work. That's the thing that's so incredible to me. It's like when <clears throat> Tyreek Hill was announced to be going to Miami, a lot of people thought that he'd be taking uh, targets away from Jalen Waddle. But Tua found a way to get the ball to both of them. They both were crazy productive. They just had a big day, and good for Tua. I mean, came back down by a lot of points and put up 28 in the fourth quarter alone. So, awesome job, Miami. I saw a video of Tua flipped, so he would look like a right-handed quarterback, and it looks just like a normal right-handed quarterback would. It's pretty crazy. Oh, you're talking about the mirror video? Yeah, did you see that? Yeah, it was pretty cool, not going to lie. I think Braden sent it to me. Mm. It's pretty unique to watch. <clears throat> All right. Um, next game I want to talk about, the Browns. How do you th- – like, did you guys even watch the Browns game? I watched all the highlights of it afterwards, and just a- – <clears throat> that was crazy. I just want to talk about, like, not even the comeback – 
But I want to talk about Jacoby Brissett. I think he played a very good game of football. He threw the ball like a, like a veteran pro quarterback. He looks like a starter in this league. Honestly, I'm not even joking. He looked like a pro quarterback, a pro bowler tier quarterback. I mean, you guys might not have any takes on that, but that's my overreaction to that game. I actually can throw a couple cents in on that take. So I was actually kind of thinking about this. So, you know, the biggest thing with Cleveland is they're missing Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. And that's why everybody suspects a downfall. But what more could Deshaun Watson have done to win that game for Cleveland? They put up 30 points. Jacoby Brissett was at the head of it. That was all the defense's fault. Also some poor strategy. A really underrated part of the game here that I don't think anybody's talking about or that I've heard very few people talk about. Nick Chubb, when you get that handoff, sit down in front of the goal line. Don't go into the end zone. Sit down in front of the goal line. I don't care if you score a touchdown or not. I don't care what the odds are. We saw there why it's a good reason to sit down. And then, following that, didn't they miss the extra point? <clears throat> I believe Cade York shanked the extra point. Rookie yes. Cade York. Yeah. So, there's a lot of things there that the Browns – I mean, if if Nick Chubb sits down, New York never touches the ball again, the end, game over. And then also if Cade York makes that extra point, Granted, that's assuming the Jets don't go for two to try to win the game, but they're probably headed to overtime. I mean, that that was wild. The Jets ran away with with the money there and some really crazy hey, games. Shout out to Joe Flacco getting his second win of the of the season. Jets two and zero. Insane, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I I want to bring up the Nick Chubb. Running into the end zone. I'm I'm a fantasy owner of his, and uh, I just like I don't care about the Browns, but I like to thank Chubb for walking into that end zone and giving me 32 points on the day. So thank you. Cost his team the game, but you know helped you win. So indeed it did. <clears throat> All right. Can we um, talk about Jared Goff? Yes. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. The connection of Jared Goff and Amonra St. Brown, that is a <clears throat> deadly combo. Last year, they started to light it up towards the end of the season. But since the end of last season, Jared Goff, 17 touchdowns and three picks. I believe it's in his last eight games, that is. Jared Goff is absolutely incredible right now. He it's the culture, like, baby. It's the MCDC culture. It's that whole team. He they all fit together. He literally looks like the Rams version of Jared Goff right now, which is a good version of Jared Goff. So credit to Dan Campbell. Yeah. Do you think do you think Jared's in his prime right now? I think this is so I've always thought peak Jared Goff was the year that they went to the Super Bowl. But I think this Jared Goff version is better than the one that went to the Super Bowl. Definitely. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. No, I, I agree. The only one that doesn't think this will last. What? I must be the only one who doesn't think this will last. I it's think very, it will. It's very possible that it's not sustainable, but <clears> let's live all, in the moment. It'll either all come crashing down this week against the Vikings, or I think 
Jameson Williams coming back could make Amonra look not that good. Listen. Just make him come down. Let me ask you, who's the one coach in the NFL that you want to have on your football team? Like, out of all of them, all the head coaches right now. Because I'm telling you right now, it's Dan Campbell. He's got who, – who, who would you want? Kevin O'Connell. I mean, um, I'd probably be somewhere between, like, <laughs> Andy Reid, Sean McVay, but Dan Campbell. Like, if you want to go to practice every day and just – He makes it fun coach. for you. You can, yeah. you can see it on hard knocks. People love to be there. He's a powerful dude. He's the kind of guy that players want to run through a brick wall for, and I, I really like that in a coach. I mean, that's to me, that's more powerful than any sort of strategic decision. <clears throat> but Dan Campbell, man, I think it's possible the roar has been restored. It's just people need to realize it. But it's going to take time, and it will happen. So go Lions. <laughs> yeah, the Lions have found themselves in shootouts the last two weeks, so their defense is kind of bad. They don't give up. They got the heart. And now they're playing the Vikings this next week. I think that's going to be a shootout too. So, yep. <clears throat> I mean, the, the Lions, they got really high-powered offense, so good for them. Rather, you look like you're in disapproval of the consumption of Lions Kool-Aid. Mm, well. I think Amandra is going to come crashing down. It's possible he will, but the thing is, is he's been going between him and Goff. Like the last eight games, they've both been ascending. So, again, is it sustainable? I have no idea. But you know, only time will tell. And right now, Jared well, Goff looks like he's doing well. The Vikings put Patrick Peterson on St. Brown. Then he'll continue to do what he's doing now. Yeah. Yeah, if I if I'm Dan Campbell or anybody on that offensive staff, I am gonna walk out there onto that field and I'm gonna figure out where Patrick Peterson is. I'm going to paint a target on his back and say, This is where we're throwing the ball all day. Let's um after last night I totally agree with that statement. Yeah, that was that was really bad. The whole Vikings defense. Oh. I just want to talk about another Monday night fest with the Bills and Titans. Yeah. Let's... Yeah, might as well. I mean. Malik Willis is here, everybody. Okay. Let me say something quick. Um, yeah, I know I'm not a huge Titans guy, but after that loss to Jacksonville, I my heart for Indianapolis has just sunk to the bottom. So unless they can get like five wins in a row. I'm just like, whatever with this season. I don't even care what happens. But gosh, it does bring some warm warmness to my heart to see Tennessee getting blown out. Oh, it felt so good. <laughs> they did get destroyed. Yeah, Riley, to your point, Malik Willis is here. I believe he's the first quarterback, right, to throw a pass from the draft class in yep. 2022. So. I think he went one for four with like a six-yard <clears throat> in attempt or something. He fumbled the ball too. Yeah, he, yeah, he fumbled, did do that. Fumbled and lost it. Uh, Here's the probably, thing: probably better than Ryan Tannehill's performance, honestly. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Here's the thing, though: this is not the last we're going to see of Malik Willis in 2022. 
Oh yeah. I think we're going to get to a point, especially with the, with the Titans starting 0-2. I guarantee that by, you know what, I'm going to say week 14 at the latest, we're going to see Malik Willis getting significant snaps or starts. I'm surprised we haven't seen more like package deals with them. I know I know Ryan Tannehill's mobile, but I mean the Titans are one of those teams that do run the Wildcat, and Malik is very mobile. So I'm surprised we just I know I know it's it was only it's only been week two, but I I would expect the Titans to put Malik in more of a gadget role if he's not the starter. Well, they yeah I mean they should do that. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. The only reason why they wouldn't, in my opinion, is like if he can't physically like grasp or if the game's too quick for him, if he can't grasp the concepts, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, throw in like six plays for him or something. Right. Some way to get the ball in his hands, have him throw it, have him run it, do whatever. But I, yeah, like the Titans are lacking that dynamic part of their offense where they just, they need somebody to step in and kind of throw the defense off because they're so plain with Derrick Henry running the ball so much and then play action with Tannehill. It mm-hmm. worked to begin with, but everybody's catching on to the act and it's just not not working the way it used to anymore. Yeah, the oh gosh, even the run game last night. Henry had twenty five yards. Yeah. Uh, it's not looking good. I know I know JT didn't have a good week, but that was oh how about the Buffalo Bills, though? Stefan Diggs having three touchdowns. They just put the smackdown on Tennessee. They they are him. That's all I got to say. They are him. They're, Not Stephon Diggs. That whole team, they are him. That team's going to the Super Bowl. I don't care what you say. Like, they're going to the Super Bowl for sure. There's nobody that's going to stop them. I don't – okay, so Kansas City, as high as I am on them, I think Kansas City is going to be competitive with Buffalo. Maybe if the defense can hold. Yeah. I just – I don't see any way that Kansas City (laughs) takes out Buffalo, though. I I don't either. I think Buffalo's defense is so much better than Kansas City's. And the book is kind of out on Patrick Mahomes now. Teams know, okay, let's just rush four and let's play coverage Mm -hmm. on them and make them actually throw the ball without trying to scramble and stuff. So – with Buffalo, I think they have a good enough pass rush to get there with just four. And mm-hmm. you got Von Miller, Gregory Rousseau. They got so many different guys on that defense that can rush the passer and get there on their own without having to actually call up any blitzes or anything. So they have mm-hmm. that their advantage. All righty. Uh, we got any other games we want to talk about? I'd like to talk about San Francisco, Seattle. Friendly doesn't have anything to say. Okay. Yeah, I'll go next after you. Okay. So, obviously, we talked about Trey Lance busted his ankle. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo's back. Oh, yeah. Here's my hot take. This was the best thing that could have happened to the 49ers. Trey Lance goes out there, busts his ankle. Jimmy Garoppolo's patiently waiting on the bench. All the 49ers, teammates rejoice. Jimmy's back, and they're ready to run through a brick wall for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. And I heard, that, I heard that the locker room believes they're like 
a serious contender now, which is I they should, but it's kind of funny that now Lance is gone. They're like, all right, we're better now. Right. Yeah, and nobody had any confidence in Trey Lance, which is really, really a bad look. So Kyle Shanahan says, you know, I mean, obviously he wasn't the one that traded up. It was the general manager. General manager has to have permission from the owners, mm-hmm. all that stuff. But Kyle Shanahan says, this is the guy I want. I want Trey Lance in my offense. And so he gets Trey Lance in his offense, and he loses his well, – I guess that would be his second career start. He loses the start to the Bears. He just – he didn't look good ever. No. Happy for Jimmy. I mean, yeah, there was – We I think we can agree that there were some sparks and good plays that he made. But, yeah, overall, it's not impressive. He's dynamic. I mean, they can they can find packages from – okay. They could do that pretty easy. But as far as leading a team to the Super Bowl, I don't know if Trey Lance is currently capable or will ever be capable of taking them there. Okay. What's his value? Say we're the, say if they are in a situation to somehow trade him. I mean, I know every team's got a starting quarterback right now, but if they were to trade him, what do you think his value is? Trey Lance? Yeah. So here's what I think a trade would look like. So San Francisco trades away a Trey Lance and a fifth for a second and a third. That's my guess. Because if you look at what Sam second and a third, yeah. If you look at what Sam Darnold got, or what the what the Jets got for Sam Darnold, it was pretty similar to that. I know, but the Panthers are oh, I don't even know you what they're. Find thinking. another Carolina Panthers team that would take Trey Lance, I'm sure. Probably. Honestly, I think that'd be an even better fit for him. Probably. All around the East Coast, yeah. I, I think he'd look better in blue, but whatever. <clears throat> Moving on. Um. What are you, yeah, what do you got, right? Atlanta and L.A. Oh, okay. Come down and talk about this. You okay. got anything that you want to lead with? Drake London looks amazing. He hurdled a guy. <laughs> he just looks crazy. Yeah. Drake London. I, I was <clears throat> obsessed with hating on him, but... He's proved me wrong for the things that I said that he would be bad at. So good for Drake London. And the Falcons are a scrappy team. I think they're actually like kind of sneaky. You you don't want to play the Falcons and slip up because they might accidentally beat you. Yeah, they look, actually look very dangerous and a threat to honestly, I think they could stick with the Bills somehow. Somehow. But how do you think Mark, Marcus Mariota? He's doing in all this. I think he's like doing this whole okay, experiment. Really yeah, I think I think he is third material. I don't think he's just a bridge dude. I think he's doing all right. I don't know if the problem with Atlanta is their offense. I think the problem is their defense is first of all. Well, there's no question. They got all those weapons. They they got all the weapons they need on offense. It's, only thing that is, they need more is offensive linemen. I mean, their offensive line is pretty bad, but. Yeah. You know, sometimes if you have a mobile quarterback, you can get away with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's what they have, but yeah, you're right. 
you're not always going to be in that situation. I mean, he, he could get hurt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I want to touch on this game is <clears throat> Kyle Pitts doesn't exist in this offense. And the coach said, um, Arthur Smith, he said, this isn't fantasy football. We're just trying to win games. You're 0-2, and Kyle Pitts has two targets on both of those games, or a total of four combined. And you're just like, we're trying to win games, and we're not going to target our best player on the offense right now and hope it works out. And yes, you did almost come back from a 28-3 lead, which is highly convenient score, to the Rams. But just not even using Kyle Pitts, that's a, it's terrible. Is it possible that Atlanta doesn't know how to use him? I think so. I think they should just move him to wide receiver. Well, they I mean they might as well. They could move him to like <coughs> a, he don't you think, Braden, that he could fit as an X receiver? Yeah. Definitely. I do. He'd be like the perfect X receiver, which is what I thought that Atlanta was gonna use him as. <coughs> but it seems like they're they want to use him not just as an X receiver. It's like just get over the fact that he played tight end in college. Don't call him a tight end. Just call him an X receiver. I, I, they run a spread offense, correct? Um, I'm assuming they do because yes, he doesn't they do run that. a spread offense. So you might as well. I yeah. mean, if you hardly use the tight end, and your number one overall pick last year is just sitting there not doing anything, he had a tremendous rookie year. Put him at the wide receiver position. Like, come on. Here's the thing that I find interesting. So Atlanta figured out exactly what to do with Cordero Patterson. So Cordero Patterson's been a really toolsy guy mm-hmm. as he came into the league. And it's like, okay, he's got all these tools. Where do we fit him in? Atlanta figured out what to do with them. So when they drafted Kyle Pitts and we started to see how they were using Cordero Patterson, it was like they got to be able to figure out how to use Kyle Pitts too. I mean, that's the hard part with Kyle Pitts is when – you know, you, you got this guy that comes out and they say, oh, he doesn't really have a position. Well, the issue is in the NFL, there's going to be a coach out there who says, we're going to find him a position. And usually they're going to be wrong. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't like the way that Atlanta uses pits. I don't think Riley does either. Since he's, what, average three points a game. Yeah. You guys want to talk about Cooper Rush? I would love to talk about Cooper Rush. Let's talk about he looks he is him. He is him. Let's put it that way. He he is the one who is him. I think he's a good player. Yeah. I saw a take last <clears throat> night that said Cooper Rush is more clutch than Kirk Cousins. And First, I laughed at it, and I'm like, is he? Like, seriously, that could be a question. Is Cooper Rush more clutch than Kirk Cousins? Or the Bengals are just back to being bad. Possible. Look at the two two games that he stepped into, though. That's true. You go back to that game against the Vikings last year. The Vikings win that game. They're in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So they weren't like... Oh, we're playing the Texans on a Thursday night game, and the Texans are, you know, fighting for the number one overall pick. No, they're playing the Vikings, who are a pretty respectable team. He beat them pretty well. 
And then he steps in against the defending AFC champions who played in the Super Bowl last year. And he beats them. Yeah. Like what what is going on? First of all, what's going on with the Bengals? Second of all, is Cooper Rush the guy? He is him. I'm telling you. Number 10 yeah. is him. Didn't they cut him too and then re-sign him? Yeah, that's what's so bizarre. He was a practice squad guy. Like, but wasn't that just wasn't just wasn't that just to save money though? I don't know why they did it. It didn't make any sense, but I remember we talked about it on the show how Cooper Rush was cut after he beat the Vikings last year and good for him though, showing out. I mean, I think we can all still agree that Mike McCarthy has not a single clue what's going on. Is James Madison still on the roster? I don't um, know. Ben DiNucci. Oh, yeah. He I is? I don't know if he is, but mm. I, I love That was the school I went to, I think. I see his Instagram posts oh, quite a bit. Not. I don't know if he's <laughs> on an actual roster. Mm. All right. Um, I wanna, go ahead. Quick, I want to talk about Micah Parsons, too. Okay. He is a great football player. Yeah. I don't he's... know if you guys saw, well, like, there's a lot of, you obviously know there's a lot of Cowboy haters. I don't like the Cowboys. I think their fan base is annoying. But people were saying, like, after he won Rookie of the Year and during the playoffs, they're like, oh, Micah Parsons is not really that good. And I just, like, why? He, Looks amazing. I saw a play on Sunday where he took, I don't remember which offensive lineman was. He took one of the offensive linemen, got under his shoulder pads, and just shoved him out of the way and got to the quarterback. I mean, he's not he's not built. Like, his size does not scream, I'm a pass rusher. I mean, he's not built like one, but he certainly plays like a, an elite pass rusher. Can we say that defense is pretty solid? I think it's okay. Last year it was it was kind of hit or miss, but right. I mean, they, they held Tampa Bay to 19. They held uh, – <clears throat> didn't they hold uh, Cincinnati to 17? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was something allowing, like that. Yeah, they're allowing averaging 18 points a game. I mean, if you give up 18 points a game, you're going to win a lot of games. Okay, here's another question I have for you guys. Could you see like a Case Keenum situation happening here? For Maybe. Cooper Rush? Okay, but but I know I know is Dak out, they didn't say Dak was out for the season. He was just going to be out for like eight weeks, right? But it could be this season. They could if Cooper Rush is just tooling along. They could say so. So here's what I think is going to happen. One of two things. <clears throat> so either Cooper Rush is going to continue playing out of his mind. And they'll just delay Dak Prescott coming back because Cooper Rush is playing so well. Second thing that could happen is Dallas could totally train wreck. And if they were to train wreck, if they might get to the point where when Dak Prescott is eligible to come back, mm-hmm. it might be so lost that it wouldn't matter anyway. So I don't know if he's going to play again for the Cowboys this year. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Or ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, you get traded. Yeah, they're either picking in the top five or they're in the playoffs with Cooper Rush. I mean, either way, I don't see it as a loss for the Cowboys. 
They could send him a couple hours down south to Houston. Possibly. <laughs> um. All right. Let's uh, finish this off with the last game that we're going to talk about. Um, Justin Herbert. He's got fractured ribs, right? He – okay, that game, yeah, he made some bad decisions, but you could see that he was hurting the entire time. He was playing his guts out. He was playing like a madman. And he – I just – I don't know. I felt like he was carrying the entire back on his team the entire time. Dude was insane, but I'm praying for him. I know I don't know him, and he's just like – he's a, he's – a superstar NFL player, and I'm just a dude in Minnesota. But, I mean, like, I pray that I can watch him again this season and keep grinding because I do enjoy watching him. And he, he seems like a good guy. So, yeah. He is elite. Yeah. Um. Do you think – do you think he played – or I know statistics don't show this, but – do you think he – who would you have rather had in that game as your quarterback? Mahomes or Herbert? Well, yeah, but I'm talking effort-wise. Like, say you had a football team and you would pick between both of them and seeing, like, the heart fought through both of them, which one would you pick? I, I mean, would I, probably pick Herbert, and the reason why is because everybody kind of knows what Mahomes' flaws are at this point, and they're able to – I mean, Mahomes is still amazing. Yeah. But I don't think we've seen anybody really figure out what Justin Herbert is yet. Mm-hmm. He's still got – he still has a lot to show, even though he's shown quite a bit. I want to say something, so I'm trying to figure out how to say this, so. Chargers have have they been to the playoffs with Herbert? No, I didn't think so. They, they missed it. They missed it last year, right? Yeah, they yeah. one 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 snap or something like that. Right, field goal. But so I saw somebody <clears throat> comparing Tua. They were saying they'll always have Tua in the back of their mind. Like, <clears throat> oh, we should have took Herbert instead of. And they're saying like, look at Justin Herbert's accomplish. Well, he got Rookie of the Year. And that's pretty much the difference. Do you Justin think Jefferson should have had that? Yeah. Do you think <laughs> at the end of this year, Tua could be looked at as possible better quarterback than Justin Herbert? Here's where I see where it could happen. Unless Braden, you have something to say first. No, no, I I'm, I'm actually curious because I could see this going both ways. Okay, so here's my here's my <clears throat> Way so here's where I could see Riley your your idea of Tua being better at the end of the season. So let's say the Chargers have a similar season to last year and they win that week 18 game. Great, they're in the playoffs as a wild card team. Do they get much further than that? I don't know. But Miami's offense is rocking right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they look like another level. So I get they they beat the brakes off the Patriots the first game. That's whatever. Patriots can't score. I get that. But Baltimore has got a really good defense, and they totally 
torched Baltimore. So let's say that scenario that I just painted, uh, either the Chargers barely get in the playoffs or they don't get in at all, and the Dolphins end up going past the divisional round, so whether that be the championship or the Super Bowl, I think you're right. Tua's looked at as a better quarterback. And sure. here's why. So if you look at the weapons that they got, I mean, not just necessarily the weapons, both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have the most, one of the most complete teams <coughs> in the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's just a mystery to me why they can't put it together and make it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So Tua making more out of less. I like that. Actually, that's a really good proposal. Thank mm-hmm. you for bringing that up. You guys got a con of the week? Um, I, hold on. I just want to say something. Uh, Connor, I I think I actually agree with you on that. I know there's so much – there was so much hate on Tua coming in the season, and there was like a prove it or, you know, leave it year. But um, I think all he needed was a complete team. The Chargers have, and voila, there you go. You got a pretty good freaking team. I mean, yes, Justin Herbert, he's got different players on the offense, but they're still really good receivers. And he's got a pretty good, he's got a couple of good running backs in the backfield to catch the balls. And I mean, the Dolphins, yeah, all their receiving, all, all their running backs are basically receiving backs. So, I mean, right. Mm-hmm. They're not. Neither one of them are power run teams, but defenses on both teams are pretty solid. I'll just sign it at that. All right. So, clown of the week. You got one, Riley? I do. It's Darius Slay. I know he had a good game last night, <clears throat> but this was a potential tone setter for the game. Yes, the Eagles go out and score a touchdown first. Vikings come back. This is a third down. This would give him the first down. And he grabs Justin Jefferson's arm and forces him to make a one-handed catch. <laughs> and he couldn't catch it. And it was not flagged, causing them to go three and out their first drive. I think this was a tone setter for the game just by a little bit. I think the Vikings could have – Vikings offense – Maybe could have scored a touchdown two or more. Would have caused it to be a lot closer of a game. That's a good one. <clears throat> Tari, you got another one? Oh, and I, I just wanna I just wanna say real quick. So after that happened, I go on Twitter and I see big play slay trending. Uh, and it was it was just after that one. It wasn't after his interception. It was just after that play. I was like, what are you guys saying? Yeah, I mean, have anybody go out there and try to make a, a catch with one hand tied behind their back? It's not that easy. Yeah, it'd have been pretty cool if he caught it, though. Yeah. It would have. Mm-hmm. All right, Connor, you got a clown or? Oh, I certainly do. All right, go ahead. Actually, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me say mine because okay. yours is probably gonna be a lot better than mine. Mine's Mike Yasicki because, dude, <laughs> you gotta practice that gritty. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You definitely look like a white male drunk on a Sunday morning. Oh, gosh. That was horrible. <laughs> anyway, there you go, Connor. That was something. 
So mine is completely off the rails from where your guys' went. Mine is come on down, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. You are my clowns of the week, and here's why. You have a really solid roster, right? Going into the 2021 season. They decide, oh no, not Jimmy Garoppolo. We need somebody better. So they get this idea. They are going to trade with Philadelphia. And they end up giving them three first round picks. Plus a little more. They then use that draft pick. Number three overall. To get Trey Lance. And Trey Lance, first of all, didn't have the team behind him at all, either last year or this year. And 49ers players rejoice at the idea of Trey Lance no longer being the leader of the football team. And Jimmy Garoppolo emerges once again as the leader of the 49ers the way it should have been all along. So Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, come on down. You're my clowns of the week for wasting all your draft capital. And... You could have used those three picks to go get more help to bring you to the Super Bowl. But no, you Indeed. went to Trey Lance. Indeed. Trey Lance busted ankle. <clears throat> they look absolutely stupid right now. So if they don't go to the playoffs this year, they should both be fired. I like it. On the flip That's... side of that, though. So <clears throat> trade was made with Philadelphia. Philadelphia you know was supposed 40... to be third overall. You know what the 49ers do have now? What's that? They have the best, most looking, handsome quarterback in the league. Starting. That's true. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good-looking dude. Kanye had the best one by far throughout all so. our episodes. I think that was the best clown of the week ever. So on the, uh, something I want to touch on the flip side, we didn't get to talk, talk about Jalen Hurts as much as I wanted, which is fine because okay. we got to try to squeeze stuff in. <coughs> so... <laughs> The Eagles were on the flip side of that 49ers trade, right? They were the ones that acquired all the assets. They were at pick number three. They moved back to, I think it was 13. And they drafted Jalen Hurts to play quarterback for them. (laughs) Jalen Hurts ended up playing pretty well. When he was drafted, general manager Howie Roseman said, I drafted him in the second round because I missed out on Russell Wilson in the third round back in 2012. And that's something that haunts me still to this day. So I don't want to miss out on another opportunity passing up on a Russell Wilson type talent. And he was right. He yep. got 2000. He drafted 2015 Cam Newton. That's yep. what he drafted. Yeah. So good job by the Eagles and uh, better luck next time. Kyle Shanahan and John mm. Lynch. All right, that's all we got. Yeah, what an episode it was. Yeah, did not expect to go this long, but hey, we had a lot to talk about, and I'm sure we enjoyed talking about it as much as you did listening to it. So tune in next time for the BCR podcast, and peace out.